welcome everybody to the Real Shh Podcast with your host, Mr. Wills. Welcome to my weekly Premier League review show. I weren't here last week, but now I'm back. Bigger, better than ever, and on a brand new mic. So hopefully it sounds good. So, let's get into the results of last week's Premier League fixtures. The first game last week was Brentford versus Liverpool. Liverpool beat Brentford 4-1 and it was a fantastic performance really from Liverpool. Brentford at home, even though they ain't as strong as they were last season, still is a big place to go and to score so many goals and to they got quite a few injuries in the game. It just shows you the firepower they've got really. And that's why you can't count them out because when they're a team going forward, if they get injuries, they've got players that can come in. They might not be at like Salah's level, but he started on the bench and he made a big difference. But you know, Gakpo, Nunes, Diaz, they're all they're all, you know, they're all there. They've got real co- good competition up front. And in midfield and de- and defence, especially with Van Dyke, they've got a good balance. You know, I'll talk about Man United later on, but when you have that right balance, it allows it allows the forward players to do the damage. So fair play to Liverpool. Brentford, they give it a go. Once again, Tony scored. He's definitely a top striker in the Premier League, if you ask me. Ivan Tony, very, very good. Very underestimated. Strong, quick, links up well, sniffs goals. Great player. Anyway, moving on to the next game. The next game was Fulham versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa beat Fulham 2-1. And like I said on last week's show, Ollie Watkins is probably one of the best teammates in the Premier League. But he ain't a great teammate regards. Oh, he, he just, you know, he just runs around and helps everybody else. He's got real quality, he scores goals, he assists. You know, he's got quite he's top of the assist list in the whole Premier League and he's near the top of the goal scoring. So he's an all-round team player, Ollie Watkins. And I have to give him fair credit for that. And the management, that the new manager's really getting a good tune out of him. But the old manager just couldn't seem to do. So fair play to Ollie Watkins and, and the manager. Big result for Aston Villa last week, coming off the couple losses. For Fulham, I did expect them to do more. And I expected them to win. But, you know, Villa have come there and done a job. Fair play to them. The next game, Nottingham Forest. Versus West Ham. Nottingham Forest beat West Ham 2-0. A one needs back, which is big, big, big news for Nottingham Forest. Him being back. Very good goal scorer. And he's been severely missed for Forest. For West Ham, it's just looking very bad for David Moyes. I know we say this, you know, they've spent a lot of money. And they seem to be a one-man team with Packerton not being there. Since Packerton has not been there, it's gone to pot. Calvin Phillips, you have to feel for him. Poor lad. It shows you you have to be in rhythm, but also it also shows you that you have to take care of your body. You have to be totally professional. So when you're not playing and you're not getting the run of games, you have to be in the right condition and the right mindset to play football. Because when you're not, things just go wrong. And I'm not saying he's an ultimate professional, but he was called out by Pep Werney. And Pep did apologise this week, but still he doesn't he looks he looks two steps behind everybody else, not one. So um, hopefully he will sort himself out, 
because you never like to see people do so bad. Regards, Forrest, big vi- big victory that was. I didn't expect them to win, but still, they kept a clean sheet as well, which is big for them. So fair play to them as well. Next game, Tottenham versus Wolves. Now, I had Tottenham to win big in this game due to the fact that Cunha weren't playing. But when I found out, basically on Saturday, that the Tottenham fullbacks were out, I just thought about Pedro Neto. And I just thought that Pedro Neto would have a, would have a free run against them with them fullbacks. And that, that he did. So with Pedro Neto in the team, Cunha is still a great miss for him. But away from home, he just goes past any player. He's the one player in the Premier League where I can where I can, I can put my hand on my heart and say he goes past he every player in the league. I think he would give Kyle Walker problems, Pedro Neto. You know, not many people in the league can do Kyle Walker. I think he could possibly, he'll be the only one I'd, I'd back doing Kyle Walker in the league. Great player. Great result. Gomez getting two goals. For Tottenham, big, that's a big, that's a big loss that is. They've got all their players back now. So, obviously, I'm talking about their forward players, not the fullbacks. But it just shows you these days in modern football that you do need your fullbacks, don't you, to attack to give balance, to give width. And the way that their fullbacks play, they come inside, play in the field. So when you're asking fullbacks who ain't technically as gifted to do that, it does break up things. But still, I still think they should have had enough going forward to, to score more goals against one against Wolves, especially at home. The next game, Bert, Newcastle versus Bournemouth. 2-2. Great game. Newcastle all of a sudden from being a very good defensive get defensive team have gone to a team that's conceding a lot of goals. And I've noticed online and when I'm watching the highlights that Dan Burns getting a lot of not stick, but also a lot of teams are really starting to target him, which is a shame. But that's the game. So whether the manager takes him out or keeps him in, that'll be the manager's job. But you know, the pressure of being a Newcastle manager these days is Bigger than it's ever been. You know, when you get people get the smell of success, they want to keep it. And where they are in the league right now puts the manager under a bit of, bit of difficulties. Yes, he's had injuries. Yes, he's had a lot of fixtures to contend with. But when you're a big team and under that new re- regime, they want results. So he would need to go to Arsenal and, and pull out a result, if you ask me. Because... The gap between them and Man United is getting bigger. And Man United are only in six. So you think about the gap to everybody else. is is huge. So they need to step up. Bournemouth now. Really, really good result. Solanke scored again. Um, really surprised because they've not been doing as great as they were a couple of months before. So to go to Newcastle away and put in that type of performance and get done by a last-minute goal, very good. Very good team. Very, very well coached and um, hopefully they'll get a few of their players back now so they can have a good end to the season. Next game, Burnley versus Arsenal. I did say, I did think on my prediction show that, my predictions that I did fancy Arsenal to win 3-0. I don't fancy Burnley at all. I think they're, they're now looking one of the weakest teams the Premier League's ever seen. Very inexperienced, 
the goal is getting found out a bit, not regards shot stopping, but regards putting the ball on him from corners and set pieces. Defensively, they're a bit weak. Going forward, they look like they can't score many goals. And if you can't hand, a team like Arsenal is just going to run through you, ain't they? And that's what they did, 5-0 to the Arsenal. Right now, they've got themselves back in contention to win the league. So it just shows you, you put a few results together. He's let the handbrake off a bit. So now the players are starting to score again. Odegaard's been absolutely class recently. Absolutely class. He's a sensational player. When you watch, when you're a lover of football like me, and you're watching somebody about time and space and finding space. He's as good as you're going to find. Obviously, in the last 10 years, Arsenal have had a few players like that. They've had, you know, Cesc Fabregas was as good as anyone doing that. Rizinski, Nazri. You know, they're not the quickest, but they just know how, how, where to be, how to receive the ball, how, when to move it. It's, it's simplicity, but it's quality at the highest level. And that's Martin Odegaard, really. So anyway, moving on to the next game. Manchester City versus Chelsea, which was 1-1. Very good result for Chelsea. Since they lost the Wolves, they're putting some really good performances away from home against Villa and now at Man City. But the thing for me is really that when I look at Chelsea's midfield, that midfield should compete with anyone. I don't know, I don't care what people say in the Premier League, Chelsea's midfield, once it gets clicking and once they start to wake up, will compete with anyone. Make no bones about it. Casado and Enzo and Gallagher will compete. They can run. They're technically gifted. They're they're young, and they, and they can also pass. So you know, there's a bit of everything in there. And you know, if you look at Gallagher's running stats, they're up there in the Premier League. So there's a bit of everything in there. Obviously, they've been lacking a bit of. I'd say a bit of all bit of organisation up front but they seem to found a little bit of something now got front you know Jackson played really well they, they're swapping him from the left to up front because he's still young Jackson he's not polished He's but there's something there about him great goal from Sterling and you know unfortunately for City Haaland had one of them days you know he won't have many of them days but he had one of them days on the, on the day and it happens so obviously for Chelsea, great result. For City, not that bad. If you don't play that well and Haaland misses the chances he did and you still take a point against Chelsea, because you've got to remember, that Chelsea could take points off Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? That's how you have to see it. You know, that Chelsea could take points off our nearest rivals. So, it's still a good point. Looking down the end of the season, I think, anyway. The next game. Chef United... Versus Brighton. Now, Sheffield United coming off the good result against Luton. Once again, come home to their home fans and take an absolute drubbing. Now, the tackle from Mason Holgate. <sighs> horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. The abuse he's been getting is bad. But the tackle, you know, I'm a black man, so I don't condemn that type of abuse. And I, and I will say this now. You can abuse people, but you don't need to bring in their colour. There's no need for it. Call them something else if you need to, but anything but their colour. He deserves the stick because that tackle could have potentially broke a man's leg, but he doesn't deserve the racial abuse. 
You know, it's part of the territory of being a footballer. But the but that just killed the team until they lost five nil in the end, and it was a walk in the park. Imagine Sheffield United thinking we're down to ten men for for at least seventy minutes. What's the one team you want to play against? Brighton. They're gonna keep the ball moving. They're gonna have people going into different pockets. It's gonna be a hard. It was gonna be a hard game anyway, but even harder when you got to contend with ten men. So for Brighton, they needed that. The manager needed that. They've not been performing at the levels required. So they, they needed to go in there and do a professional job and get pick-up points, which they did. So for them, very good. For Sheffield United, like I said, it's just a hard road for them and Burnley. Hard road. You know, they're gonna they're probably only going to pick up results against the teams around them. So it's just about being organised, not being so being so reckless and trying to stay in matches if, if that was... That would be my advice to the manager, but I'm not a manager. The next game, Luton versus Manchester United. Now, it was 2-1 to Man United. Man United started off very well. Hoyland got two goals very early. And then, once again, the Man United midfield just goes missing. And Sambi Lokonga started looking like Luka Modric, Patrick Vieira all into one. Him and Ross Barkley. You couldn't you can't quite believe it. If Man United don't sort this problem out in midfield, they've got no chance. Poor uh, you've got an eighteen year old there, Mainu, who basically is gonna be a top, top player. Make no bones about it. that lad's gonna be a top player. But he's playing with people. Bruno's got no discipline, no tactical awareness to say, look, we're getting battered. I'm gonna sit on Ross Barkley. No, you know, they even went a viral clip of Rashford being up front in the 80th minute and they're saying, look at this press from Rashford. It's the 88th minute and he's a striker looking to counter-attack. Ross Barkley's not his man. Surely if that's a defender, he should be going viral. No, that's Like I said, the media and the people are, are, are again out to get Rashford. I'm not having it. But regards, Man United, yes, they've won again. But that midfield hole, when you come against the bigger teams, is going to pay. Fair play to Luton, though. Maybe should have got some out of the game. But still, big shout-out to Johnny Evans. I thought when he came on, because obviously Man United had to take off Luke Shaw, Casemiro and Maguire. Luke Shaw for injury and Casemiro and Maguire because they want a yellow card and they look very sluggish. And I thought Johnny Evans was superb when he came on. The next game, Everton. Versus Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson has quit Crystal Palace. So they went into the game with this, with a new, new manager. And I thought they did a very good game. I thought the goal from Ayu was very good. But I also thought Everton's comeback was very good either. Pretty much a fair game, to be honest. I think both of them teams are probably... Obviously, without Everton's 10 point, they'd be in a bit of better position. But what I mean is that the gap between the two teams ain't big. I thought the change to bring Sam Johnson back in instead of Dean Henderson was a very good change. There's something about Dean Henderson in goals. It's He just doesn't look very commanding. The goal looks too big when he's in there, if you ask me. You know, it's not his fault. It's just probably the way he, he stands in the goal. And But Johnson really gives that type of... I don't know, I think... I think the players trust him a bit more, to be honest. But obviously, they bought Henderson for big money. So, but to me, I wouldn't. Have, 
I'm not their manager. The next game, because there was two midweek games, which were big games, really, that there were Manchester City versus Brentford. Now, Ma- Manchester City won 1-0. And after Haaland having not such a very good game, well, he didn't have not a bad game. He just missed chances you expected him to score. But he certainly scored on Tuesday night. And it was an important goal because, you know, it's the 70th minute. It's nil-nil. City really needs to win. And he stepped up when they needed to. And that's what he does. And that's what he'll always do. Because he's an absolute predator. Erling Haaland is the predator of the Premier League. So don't doubt him. Don't get on his back. Understand that everybody in the world can have a bad day at the office. Don't shoot a man down for having a bad day. They're not robots. Big old Erling Haaland. The next game was Wednesday. Liverpool... Versus Luton. Luton took a deserved lead because Luton are one of the Premier League teams that teams this season that have come up from the championship that basically is not embarrassing themselves. Regards, they're going into every game with what do they say? An identity, and they're and they're placing their identity on every team, which sometimes they're going to lose big but they're also giving the team room for their money. They're making the teams earn the right to play against them, which means also means that teams are starting to respect them, which is, actually, which, which is actually what you're meant to do. Because when you're a team like Luton, you are going to lose against the bigger teams because you haven't got better players than them. But what you can do is give them a game, which they do every single week. Now, they might have lost 4-1, but they were 1-0 up. Liverpool again... Like I said, too much firepower Liverpool have got. Too much firepower. Midfield, that the way they've got tactically based in midfield, they ain't got no sitting number 10. They've got three, basically three number eights and they do attack, defence, control. All three do a job of a midfielder, which allows the forward players then to score. Simple. That's why they're top of the league and that's why they can take control of games and continue attacks, time in, time out. So, let's get into the league table. First, are Liverpool with 60 points. Second, are Manchester City with 56 points, but Liverpool have played a game more than them. Third, are Arsenal with 55 points, but again, Liverpool have played a game more than them as well. Fourth, are Aston Villa with 49 points. Fifth are Tottenham with 47 points. Sixth are Manchester United with 44 points. Seventh are Brighton on 38 points. Ninth are West Ham with 36 points. Tenth is Chelsea with 35 points. Eleventh are Wolves with 35 points. Twelfth are Fulham with 29 points. 13th are Bournemouth with 28 points. 14th are Brentford with 25 points. 15th is Crystal Palace with 25 points. 16th is Nottingham Forest with 24 points. 17th is Everton with 20 points. 18th is Luton 
with 20 points. 19th is Burnley with 13 points. And 20th is Sheffield United with 13 points. So that is the league standard as we, as we stand. So it's quite tight at the top. Between Villa, Tottenham and United, it's quite tight. There's a bit of a gap. It's tight there. All the way to Wolves. And then you've got Fulham, a little bit clear. And then from, I'd say, Palace downwards, anywhere between Palace and Luton, that's where there's there's a bit there's a there's a chance for Luton to come out of the relegation. So anyway, my next point of my conversation today is based on the bias of Jack Grealish to Marcus Rashford. Now I'm a Bang United fan and I ain't gonna deny that Rashford is my favourite player. But yes he ain't been at the races this season. Yes he ain't hit the heights that we'd all expect him to hit the heights. But people allow bad games, people allow problems. That's that's how it is. They're, they're human beings. Yes, he's done things he shouldn't have done. But I just want to say that I never hear any sort of stuff about Jack Grealish. You know, you would think that he's playing unbelievably well. You'd think that he's dominating football matches. You know, I don't ever hear Jack Grealish ain't going to go to the Euros. Where's the headline? Where's the talk about it? You know, I'm going to take you through some stats with Grealish. Grealish, for England, has, scored, has been capped 35 times. He's only scored twice. In the last year and a half for Manchester City, Jack Grealish has scored eight goals. Now, Marcus Rashford, England record is 59 caps, 17 goals. In the last year and a half, Rashford has scored 35 goals. But Marcus Rashford seems to be under more pressure for his place than Jack Grealish. And people say, oh, well, no one's really saying Rashford. Well, every time Gordon or Palmer or, or a good young English player plays really well and does really well, it's always, oh, Rashford must be worried about his place. So what about Grealish? Because I'm going to tell you about Grealish. Man City have bought in Doku, and Doku plays ahead of Grealish. Now, Foden's in superb nick that when Doku doesn't play, they play somebody else on the left. And Grealish sometimes this season has not even come off the bench. Yes, he hasn't come off the bench. Now he's injured again. How can he be sharp? And I'm not saying he shouldn't go to the Euros. What I'm saying is there seems to be a media bias on certain players and players in the same position don't get the same treatment. That can't be right. And I'm calling it out because that's what I've got to do. You know, because fair is fair. You know, when people ain't doing well, fair, you know, we'll, we'll say they're not doing well. But if two people at the same time in the same position vying for the same place ain't doing well, why is it one person getting that treatment, not the other? Yeah, a bit of a bit of a silence. It's not right. We all know what it could be, but we ain't going there. What I'm saying is I'm calling it out. I'm saying, look, treat the one the same as the other. We're not saying for people not to be in the squads. We're not saying that at all. Grealish is a great player. He's got 
things that Rashford hasn't got, but Rashford has got certainly got things that Grealish hasn't got. And he's certainly a couple of years younger as well. And if you're asking me who is the more effective player going forward, well, you've seen the England stats and you've seen the stats for Man United. Because when you're a winger, essentially your job is to create and score goals. Yes, you can be a good baller, but England have got a lot of good ballers. Foden, for a start. Saka's a good baller. Cole Palmer's a good baller. Bellingham, the boy Mainu now. They don't need loads of ballers. What they need is penetration. Because in the big games, what England lacks sometimes is that penetration. You know, when France are getting to the World Cup finals, it's usually that penetration of Mbappe. You know, you need players that can give you something different, essentially. And that's what, all I'm going to say on the matter. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Let us know what you think of the show. We're going to have a special show the next couple of weeks. It's going to be my first joint podcast, which I'm certainly looking forward to. So look out for that. Thank you very much and goodbye.